Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Anthony Maluski on the line. Anthony, how are you? Great. Hey, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. You do some amazing work and want to share with the audience some of the stuff you do. Yeah. So, you know, I am a venture, venture capitalist. I invest in um, commodities. And in particular, lately, I've been focusing on a category of commodities called environmental commodities, uh, which includes things like carbon, uh, but also have invested in, in other more traditional commodities like nickel, and copper, uh, cobalt, and lithium. And those are the commodities that go into the batteries that power electric vehicles. So, you know, the, the investing that we do is really about this green energy transition, this transition to a carbon neutral economy, and, and thinking about those commodities that are going to power that change. It's amazing work. And we're just in the early, early stages of a lot of it. You know, we think, okay, think about the automaker, like Tesla, for example, okay, electric cars and all that, but there's, you know, a ton of them all over and they're all building different things and all that. But, you know, the, the need for battery and, you know, those, you know, other uh, things that you mentioned as well, they're not just in batteries, but they're in a lot of things, you know, computer chips and a variety of other things. And, and as we've heard, you know, in, in recent, you know, weeks and months, there's been some shortages in certain things. So, uh, you know, how, I'm assuming that, you know, that there's going to be some shortages in other areas as well as we do this ramp up of a transition from the old classic, you know, gas powered engines and all of that to a much greener and better for the environment uh, type of uh, automotive um, history and, and things that we're going to do. Yeah, and by the way, it's not it's not just automobiles. If you think about it, you know, solar, which is now relatively inexpensive. Well, you can have a battery at your house, which has been true for a long time, but that technology is getting to a point now where uh, any new house should have solar, any new subdivision should have a large battery. And so, you know, it's easy just to think about, as you say, uh, electric vehicles and those implications, but it actually says a much broader conversation. And, you know, people once again think about the batteries, but um, if you take hydrogen, hydrogen is really interesting for long haul trucking. You know, if you depart San Francisco going to New York on a fixed route, well, actually, probably hydrogen is more interesting because you know that every X number of miles, the semi is going to pull over. Uh, and so these are all the kinds of things that are happening. And, and another one is copper. I mean, you, you really cannot have a green future without copper. And uh, it's happening quick. And what you see, if you look back historically, when you have these step changes, you have big demand shifts. And... Uh, whatever was driving the supply demand of a particular commodity uh, gets turned on its head, and um, this new demand comes in. And nickel is a great example of that. You know, where uh, historically, by way of example, stainless steel has been the driver of nickel price. Well, you know, if in fact everyone in America is driving an electric vehicle, even with a bunch of different battery chemistries, even with a bunch of different technologies, the key new driver of nickel price is going to be electric vehicles and that battery demand. Uh, if you look at um, the cost of most everything that you see in your home and buy, you know, carbon is going to become relevant because effectively you're going to have to offset the carbon footprint of a given item. How are you going to do that? Carbon credits. So 
this is really a, a big shift uh, from an economy that's kind of been pretty similar for 100 years. If you think about like if you think about regular cars, combustion engines, and so that's an interesting time. And you know, when you look around the room that you're sitting in, almost everything you see is either mined or grown. And so mining, in particular, has had a pretty bad reputation. But in actual fact, if we don't um, move forward with mining and think about sustainable mining. Uh, there's not going to be a green future. So it's a very complex thing. And, and uh, you know, we're just at the beginning of it, as you say. One of the things that you know, comes to mind, too, you know, with the batteries and things like that and new green energy and, and all the things that are doing, you know, you think about infrastructure, like building a new community. You know, before, you know, you got to get the electric grid right. You got to do all this stuff and then tap into an existing system, which I know in many areas is beyond taxed. So you're, you're weakening uh, the system. And we've seen cases of that where with, you know, you said solar powered communities and battery powered communities and all of that, the turnaround time to build a new community is going to be much shorter than what we've seen in the past. And, and I think about that in, in times where there's, you know, catastrophic events such as hurricanes or tornadoes or things like that, where if a community gets wiped out, and we've all seen that on the news, well, you know what, if there's an area there, they could rebuild that community a lot faster than before if they utilize this new technology. Yeah, wildfires as well. I mean, like, look at Africa. So uh, if, if you kind of take Africa as an example with mobile phones, you know, um, they didn't build the infrastructure that you and I have with power lines. They didn't have to because the infrastructure wasn't there. Mobile phones came at the right time and they just sort of skipped a whole phase that's much better. Um, but that's happening globally in remote work sites for different industries with these huge battery packs. And so there's absolutely no reason to think that that won't be the case for subdivisions, for communities inside of the United States. And once again, this whole transition that's taking place is, is really about the environment. It's about sustainability. And in order to do that, you're going to need these commodities. And so, you know, what we're doing is, is looking at ways to invest in these commodities because um, you know there's going to be a price shift in, in some of them in order to, to have a market signal to incentivize more production and more mines and, and more uh, you know capacity to be built into the system. And by the way, you know, people don't like to hear it, but but China today is really a global global leader in environmental policy because they are light years ahead of the U.S. at the moment in terms of the investment that they're putting into this. And so I think it's interesting as well that political dynamic that we're seeing. Well, yeah, and I think that our government is, you know, of course, with the infrastructure bills and you know the legislation that will be coming out over the next few years anyway, I think is going to tie into the push of, okay, we need to invest in infrastructure and infrastructure has to be, you know, the new green, clean, you know, carbon footprint reducing uh, type of energy because it's the only way to go. Um, you know, the, the resources that we're using now are not sustainable. We know, and the stats are there, all the reports are there, of the way that we have been living is not sustainable. And yeah, I mean, look at, the, look, at the, look at the wildfires that are happening, you know, the last couple of years and, and the heat wave that's underway. And, you know, I th I, my hope is in the U.S. that, and, and it's highly unlikely, but that we can get past the politics around it and just kind of move forward for our kids and our grandkids. Because one of the things that's happening in some other countries is... It's not so politicized and, you know, depending on how the countries are set up, they're able to really move forward on a path. And I'll give you an example of this infrastructure bill. 
you know, cement is actually highly carbon intensive and um, not ideal. So there, there are ways that you can structure this as well. And, and um, my hope would be that uh, as these things roll out in, in the coming years in the U.S., we can like look through politics uh, on both sides and try to do what's best for the future of, of America and really for the future of competitiveness, because ultimately this infrastructure is, is going to be what continues to drive our economic engine, in my view. It's going to be crucial for it. And I think, again, from an investment standpoint, and let me throw in the disclaimer, we're not giving investment advice. We're just saying what we're doing, okay, and what we, we think could work. Do not take it as investment advice. Make sure that if you're looking to invest, you know, work with, you know, the professionals. Um, I'm far from professional. So uh, even though I'm wearing a blazer today, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> there's a T-shirt underneath it, people. So no worries. Uh, but at the end of the day, the move and the shift is is a great opportunity for people to start looking at where things are going to go. Because we've all heard the story. Oh, yeah, I wish I would have bought this stock when it was this rate. Now it's you know way the heck up here. And this this is the time to start looking at that because we know because we've seen it. You know the movement and the momentum is there. You know, and, and what's interesting about commodities is you know I think people should always invest in what they know. You know, your friends are all buying X and, and you think or, or X is a new product and you like it. I mean, that, those are the times when I think people do really well on their own is when they're investing in something that they like and they can see it coming. And I think, you know, one of the things with this particular move is if you see something, you know, if you see that all your friends, by way of example, are, are buying electric vehicles, yeah, fine, you can go buy a stock that's producing electric vehicles, but, but you can also... Think about what are the key inputs to that electric vehicle. What are the key components? You know, are they are they chips, ASML? You know, are they are the is it copper? Is it lithium? And so, um, from an investment standpoint, uh, I think you know one of the really interesting ways is is these um, third derivatives, as it were, right? Like these things which are are key to whatever the the observation is that you've made. But notwithstanding the investment side of it, it it's just critical for us as people to start to think about our environment. You know, one of the examples I like to use is trash. Like when you, we could all, it's amazing what people will and won't agree on, but we could all agree that if someone uh, were to come into your bedroom every morning and pour a huge bucket of trash on you and into your house, dump it into your house, that that would be awful. And it would not be pleasant. It would be unhealthy. Well, guess what? We're doing that every day with the ocean. And that's our, that's where we're getting all our food. It's the ocean. And so, um, you know, you want to debate climate change. Some people want to debate that. Fine. Set that aside. Let's just talk about pollution in the ocean, which factually is happening. It's changing the acidity. It's changing current patterns. So all these things are relevant, and it's really a window here to act. And um, as we globally act on that window, you're going to find that a whole new host of commodities uh, will become really interesting investments as as the demand and supply demand dynamic for those given commodities changes. Yeah, we've been polluting our oceans way too long and it's impacting things and and species are going extinct, which impacts every we are all connected and a lot of people forget that. We forget that we are connected to everything on this planet and not taking care of our wildlife Think of you know the forest and the fires, you know all the animals that perish in those situations, and oh, you even take the take the forest just to, to show the the complexity of biodiversity. So, uh, 
and no one knows for sure because of just the way um, our history has happened. But when you look at a forest, it's, it's highly likely that the density of trees in the forest in America and the West States is very much higher than it would have been, you know, 400 years ago. And the reason is the forests were cut down and managed for lumber. And so they were overplanted. What does that mean? What it means is that when a forest fire comes through, there's a lot more, there's a lot more trees to burn. There's a lot more dead wood to burn. It's just one example of the complexity. And we've changed the ecosystems in which we live. And so it's really time, I think, to just acknowledge that and, and do what we can. And I feel that, um, you know, there are ways to do that and make money. And like carbon credits is a great example. Um, you can you can acquire voluntary credits. You can offset your voluntary your your personal footprint by extinguishing credits, or you can speculate and buy them and, and um, speculate that as companies continue to become carbon neutral and offset their footprint, that the price of carbon will go up. So, I think there's two aspects to this. There's one which is you can do the right thing and and invest in that future. And the other thing is you can profit from it as well. And I think what we're trying to do is um, supply capital companies that are going to go out there and do the right thing. They're going to be the right commodities at the right time. That's part of it. But it's also making money while being a provider of capital, which is, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. And that's always a great thing to do for people that are looking to, and I always recommend people invest money again in what you know and you like, and instead of investing it in you know, things that are disposable. I mean, why do you need that brand new television? Because you're other television is a year and a half old. It, it, it's still working, I'm assuming. Why do you need a bigger, newer television? You know, you think about all the things that went into, you know, that TV and I'm thinking it's the TV manufacturers. So they're a business. They're trying to make money. But again, that's one of those things where they got to look at that. You know, I think about all of the, you know, televisions that are getting replaced. What's going on with those? Are they going into the landfill? Are they, you know, getting don't if they're getting donated to somebody else? Okay, that's one thing. But if you think about all of the waste that we create, uh, and if we were more aware of it and we were more proactive and okay what am i going to do with this okay there's something i bought there's cardboard i'm going to recycle that okay is this all recycled what, what do i need to do on this and in and, and change our shopping habits and our behaviors that alone you know has a ripple effect on things and i think unfortunately too many people are unaware of it but having the opportunity to say okay look you can actually if you're more aware of this investing you can you get some credits and all of a sudden people are a little bit more aware and they're they're taking a more proactive approach of you know reducing their own footprint on this planet which in turn makes a big impact for everybody yeah and and you know i think um sustainability is critical um we consume too many things. In particular, the garment industry has been historically very bad. I mean, if you think about the life cycle of one of your clothes, but you know, take your carbon footprint. Um, you know, you're you're probably responsible on an annual basis, just if you kind of take averages, for multiple acres of trees to be clear cut. Like that's the equivalent. If you think about the tons of carbon carbon you're offset, that's um, multiple acres. You multiply that by your lifespan and you know that that could end up being on a family multiple miles of clear cutting over the course of your life and um you know i I think trying to visualize the impact that we're actually having 
on the earth is is really important because it you know we're kind of disconnected from where our food comes from we're disconnected from that reality and so i, I think it's worth each person that listens to this trying to, to try to visualize what is my actual impact well if i have x hundred tons of plastic in my household like where does that go like think about think about how many black garbage bags you throw away every week and imagine if you fill that up, you probably fill up your whole house or your garage. Where did that go? It went somewhere. And, and so um, I think helping people to kind of actually see the real impact of their footprint, uh, it drives people to think about sustainability. And, you know, little steps matter. You know, recycling when you can recycle, um, you know, giving your kids clothes to your sister or brother, because by the way, they only warm for six months, they grow so fast. You know, there's just little, little steps. And I think um, we're going to have to make big steps. But if we start with little steps, you know, hopefully that can get people motivated. And one of the problems is, frankly, our lives are too short. You know, what's the oldest person? 110 years, you know. Um, so we don't necessarily see that change. But we're going to have to start thinking differently and thinking about um, what you want for your kids and your grandkids and their grandkids. Otherwise, the earth is going to look really different. And, um, you know, it's going to be really problematic. And people will judge this generation, the previous one, the next one, I think pretty harshly if we don't actually start to go out there and make some real changes and make them quickly. Completely agree with that. And, you know, again, it, the movement that we're seeing and a, a lot of it will take a, a, a team approach. One, you've got governments that are establishing policies and legislature to make or legislation, I should say, to make it. Uh, easier for companies to do it. Companies that truly want to do something about it and individuals, we often work together on this. And as you said, you know, you mentioned before where China's been way ahead of the game on investments because they see it, you know, they, they recognize based on, you know, the density of their population and, and the climate challenges that they have, you know, in that part of the world, you know, they said, okay, we need to do something about this to make it healthier for our people. And we should be doing the same thing in the US and Canada, anywhere else. We all have a stake in this game. And I, I think when we all take an effort and do something, it'll make such a big difference. Well, we even saw it during the pandemic when you hear heard stories about, you know, certain ravines and rivers were you know, looked cleaner uh, because people were, were staying in and they were reducing their activities and not doing as much. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, you can, you can see the bottom of this river. We haven't been able to do that in years. And it, it was just simply because we adjusted our habits. So that's proof that we can actually do it. It's a case of, okay, what do we need to do to sustain that? Yeah, it's, it's true. And, and, and uh, that's the part, part of the conversation. The other part of it is, you know, as we do these things, there's a huge, as this economy shifts, as the globe shifts, human interest shifts, uh, whenever there's a transition, there's also an opportunity to profit from that transition, whether that's investing in commodities like I prefer to do, whether that's investing in uh, technology startups, carbon capture, you know, uh, there'll be a bunch of different ways to do that. And I think, um, I think it's a huge opportunity. One of the most interesting opportunities that we'll see this century or in our lifetimes will be this transition. And it take a bunch of forms will be a bunch of, of different um, ways to play it but if you're investing it's really worth considering and thinking about how these changes and shifts will impact you know the companies that you own inside of your portfolio because um, carbon will be there 
uh, electric vehicles are happening, the electrification, not just of vehicles, but of big machinery is happening. You know, all these transitions are happening. And if you're invested in a company, whatever that company might be, you know, if, for instance, if you were invested in an automaker right now, who says, oh, well, we're not going to do anything electric or hydrogen. Well, guess what? Like that company is going to be in trouble. But I, and I'm not even aware of one that's doing that because it, it's so obvious. But um, on a smaller scale, you know, look at microchips. I think it's pretty easy to, to see that everything you own, your iPhone, your car, your, your air conditioning system all has these chips. Well, gosh, like that seems like a great thing to buy. Companies that make so, so I think that this whole transition uh, really presents uh, interesting opportunities to invest and to think about things differently than you would have been thinking about them over the last 10 years by and large. Definitely. And I think as, as time goes on in the infrastructure investments in, you know, the microchips is just one example, you know, where we've seen there's the shortages that they've been talking about. So that, that screams, okay, well, we need capabilities to be able to manufacture more of these and, and do it in a way that is green and sustainable uh, going forward. And I think there's a ton of opportunities for that. And like you said, investing either in commodities or those companies that make those chips or, you know, one of the things you said before, it's like, okay, here's a, here's a brand new electric car. Okay. Yeah. You can invest in that, but you, what's the stuff inside the stuff? And that, and if you look at that and go, okay, what components are going into that car? Well, who makes it? What is it made out of? Those are, opportunities because that car doesn't exist if it doesn't have those components in it. Okay. What are those components? Or even by the way, technology, like I invest in this company called Minerva. Um, I think it's in Canada. It's a, it's a, it's a traded company in Canada and, and they actually write algorithms, <laughs> you know, like they don't even create a product. Their product is software effectively, you know, so it doesn't have to be a thing. Like a chip maker is one thing, but, but even, even, Companies are out there using all the data and harnessing the data to look at satellite images to predict landslides and, and do all this other interesting stuff. So it, it kind of really walks you through the physical, whether it's copper, uh, to you know the mechanical, whether it's a chip, all the way into this like data thing where you're talking about investing in technology. So you know there's something for everyone, I think, too, in terms of like you know different people have different comfort levels based on their knowledge uh, on what they want to invest in and why they want to invest in it. I think this transition, the green energy transition, um, this kind of rising awareness and sustainability will present opportunities for the average investor to kind of pick within their wheelhouse, whatever they're interested in. So I think it's, it's also a unique aspect of, of the transition and the move for, for investors. Yeah, diversification is a beautiful thing, and it's also an opportunity. Like you said, you, there's so many different things you could look at and you know, figure out what, what interests you and what... Yeah you feel is, you know, an opportunity. I think across the board, I think everyone is going to be benefited by all of this, you know, from, you know, the biggest manufacturers to, you know, the small ones as well, because they're all going to be benefited by the movement because everybody's going to say, okay, we're going this way. Okay. Well, we need to have the investments in there to be able to make that happen. And investing is actually helping these organizations grow as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, I, I just would say that um, we need to all be aware. And, and you know, as, as someone who's investing in this space, I see that it's only going to get more interesting. You know, it won't be without its bumps. You know, things will shift here and there. But uh, if, if you have capital to allocate, you got to think about it. And, and look, I mean, even the big guys like BlackRock, if you, if you look at what they're doing, they're talking about, you know, they will only invest in companies 
that they meet ESG, certain ESG criteria. Um, so there, there's even awareness there about, about where it's going. And there are ETFs now that, that only invest with certain criteria, whether that's carbon neutral neutrality or whether that's ESG principles. You know, so there's a, there's a range of ways to do it. But I think um, for myself, you know, really thinking about like the nickel, nickel and copper and lithium, I mean, these are great ways to do it. Um, carbon. So it's really these commodities that, that for me uh, are going to be at the core of it. Because, you know, by the way, I don't really know. I mean, when I think about automobiles, you know, uh, Tesla today captures all the headlines. By the way, do you know why Tesla is profitable? They sell their carbon credits. <laughs> People don't realize that. So I don't know when we wake up in 10 years, which automakers are actually going to be the one. Maybe it's Tesla, maybe it's Ford, maybe it's someone we don't even know about, a Chinese company. But what I am pretty clear about is if, if there is a winner, if everyone is using um, electric vehicles, well, guess what? Nickel is going to be a winner. Lithium going to be a winner. So, you know, that's kind of my approach. There's different approaches, but I, I think that that's true for all these things. If you, if you believe one way or another that there's going to be an infrastructure built in America, well, guess what? You know, you can guess is Cat is one of these machine or one of these guys going to win? Probably yes. But by the way, every single one of those roads is going to have some rebar in it. You know, every single one of those guys has some stainless steel in it. So, you know, that's how we kind of approach things and how we think about investing. There's a lot of different lenses to do it, but um, you know, you can't you can't do any of this stuff without the uh, the basic materials that that make it up. So true. It's, you know, so think about, you know, what's the stuff inside the stuff and that's where you're going to make a ton of money. So Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Yeah, I think easiest is Twitter, A underscore Malinsky, and then um, also LinkedIn. Those are two great outlets. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So again, Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.